It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of STT Rewind. I am your host and co-editor of setthetape.com, Owen Hughes. Joining me as ever on the podcast is my co-host, Steve Norman, and for the first time ever on STT Rewind, Character Unlocks, Andrew Brooker. We begin with the film section and discuss the brutal revenge thriller, uh, uh, Revenge, and the impact of genre movies before moving on to TV in part two, where we pin down wrestling before it suddenly kicks out at the last second and leaves us staring aghast into middle distance. Matt Latham is back for another edition of Cassette Tape to round up some music news, including Aretha Franklin and some albums for you to look forward to before Free Play goes transatlantic ahead of the NFL season. So let's get on with the show. Straight into the film section this week, and it's probably best that I start by issuing a warning. We are going to talk about a rape revenge thriller and the later uh, possibly touch upon Fright Fest. Um, so if you're a bit of, uh, of a sensitive disposition, probably worth skipping ahead 10 minutes or so. But also because Steve and I are joined by one half of the gaming podcast Character Unlock, that's Andrew Brooker this week. So uh, default automatic warning but you're going to be on your best behavior right brooker i i, I promise i'll try excellent thank you very much <laughs> hello mate how are you i'm good cheers buddy i'm good it's been a, been a long time how are you guys very good thank you well i am i'm answering on behalf of both of us that's your cue as well steve i'm all right <laughs> good well that's as good as we can expect i suppose yeah brilliant yeah okay but yes we are going to get straight into it we are by talking a little bit about um revenge which is uh, released on Digital HD on 7th of September. Uh, Brooker, both you and I have seen this. The fast sell that was on the press release that came with the film describes it thusly. Tomb Raider meets I Spit on Your Grave in this bold, bloody and brilliantly realised directorial debut, a smouldering, subversive spin on the rape revenge thriller. I think that's putting it mildly, isn't it? Yeah, 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. It, I yes. think it misses out one very important word that makes me love this film a little bit more. It's goofy. I think there is an element of that in there. It's definite, although it's very, very twisted and very dark, there is an element there of humour. Yes. And it's very, so very self-aware of what it is, which almost caught me out a little bit. It, um, it caught me out as well. I have to admit, I I went to, I thought I was just going to see a, a box standard, I say box standard, uh, rape revenge film. And while it's a mm-hmm. genre, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of it. I'm always interested. Mm-hmm. I always like to see how they're done, uh, especially when they're made by a, a woman. Some of my favourite yeah. films mm-hmm. in general are made by women. And uh, this as well, my favourite rape revenge film was made by a couple of women. So I was yeah. curious mm-hmm. as to where it was going to end up. And yeah, goofy. Really goofy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't overplay how... I mean, I wouldn't expect people it's, to go into this expecting... It's not a, a comedy. Slapstick comedy, no, not at all. But it is but, kind of humorous. And it yeah, was the, it was you, do, the initial... you do have to suspend your disbelief quite a bit. Oh, with, absolutely, with... yeah. It was in the same sense, it was quite grindhouse and it reminded me of, like, Planet Terror without being as far as that. But that's what my uh, reaction was to it. But my initial reaction was quite different. Steve... You haven't seen this film. I have not. If some, if someone, well, as we've just said, here's a, re- a rape revenge thriller that's quite goofy. I mean, what's your what's your initial reaction to a statement like that? I'd try not to sound too excited about watching it. Um, people <laughs> yeah. might give people <laughs> the wrong kind of vibe about me. Um, mm. I've, I've seen films of that type before, and I can't remember any specific names off the top of my head. I mean, mm-hmm. it's probably like any genre of film. If it's a good film, I'll give it a go, regardless of of what genre it is. If it's got something to say for itself, if it's interesting, if it's mm-hmm. not just, you know, exploitative and... Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, this sounds like it does have something about it, so I would... Mm. Okay, that's interesting, because I um, didn't really know anything about this going into it. All I knew was that, Brooker, you saw this ages ago, and recommended it and I was like okay that's a good enough excuse for me to give it a go and also um I quite liked the sound of it from the description as it came and landed in our inbox um about a month ago and I thought I'm gonna give it a go I'm gonna take a chance on it rape films generally um not that you know it's a rape film as such it's definitely more focused on the revenge element of that um as opposed to otherwise it would be called particularly exploitative (laughs) <laughs> very good yes um but like that's an that's an element of movies that always puts me off them it doesn't there's a couple of exceptions flesh and blood by paul verhoeven i watched um about a month ago as well i think and um which is very much focused on on the right and that was really off-putting to start with until i figured out what that was doing and that was using it as a, a metaphor for fascism and i was like oh i get it now I understand this isn't meant to be, you know, grubby men watching this and getting off on it. It's it's very, very highly satirical. And I think with Revenge, there's an element of that as well, because I didn't realise it was directed by a woman until I read the blurb afterwards. I like to go into these films not knowing very much, uh, and I think maybe that was um, my own fault. But, Brooker, I'm, I'm interested to know what your initial reaction to it was as well. Because you, wait, you did you see this at Fright Fest last year? Uh, no, I I travelled 
quite a distance actually to go watch it at a cinema just on general release in right, okay. May, April, something like that, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just on general release. By general, I mean I had to travel to Birmingham. Uh, so you, co- you knew a bit more about what you were getting I, into I, then, I guess. Yeah, I, I knew what I was going to see, more or less. I, I knew it was uh, a debut film from a female French director. I knew it was a rape revenge thriller. Outside of that, I didn't know an awful lot. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that was kind of done on purpose because there's not much to tell about the film outside of what we've already said. Uh, mm-hmm. without spoiling it quite a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm like you. I, the, the, to say a rape-revenge thriller is a the genre I like makes you sound quite wrong. Mm, there's, I, there's an element to it that's a bit... Um, it's, yes. But if it's, done, if it's done right, these films are designed to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, you're supposed mm-hmm. to not enjoy things like Irreversible. You're supposed to not enjoy I Spit yeah. on Your Grave. The problem I have with rape revenge thrillers is a lot of the time it's like 70 minutes worth of just awfulness and 10 minutes of revenge. Yeah. Uh, so I always kind of go and go, and this, this isn't going to be good. I don't, want, I don't want that 10 minutes to be an excuse yeah. for, for exploitative rape scenes. I, I don't mm-hmm. need or want that, and I don't call that entertainment. Uh, thankfully, revenge doesn't do that. Revenge... Uh, gets it over quickly if you know it seems like the nicest way to say it's just, that it acts as a setup yeah it acts as a setup very early so it, it does yeah. uh, uh and and to be perfectly fair to the film as well it doesn't it's not uh gross mm. almost everything rape mm. is done off screen uh it's implied what's going on obviously and you hear what's going yeah. on and you still feel uncomfortable but you're not forced to sit and watch these horrific scenes, which happens yes. an awful lot in these films. Well, that is that is, that is such an interesting point because as I was watching this film, the the first like five minutes, there were so many shots of her barely covered body. Right, this what? is um, Matilda Lutz from yeah. Uh, Rings. Yeah, she's she's pretty much semi naked for yeah. most of the early five to ten minutes, and you know she's. Um, how would you say she's being kind of provocative? She's yes. seducing these three men, um, or maybe she isn't, and that's an interesting sort of dynamic that, that, that I think the film's going for. And I was watching this thinking, oh, this is just typical rape revenge things. Here's a here's a beautiful woman to just ogle, oh, and she's asking be a... for it clearly. Yeah, and I think it was the, you mentioned it as well. Like the actual rape scenes are very much. Um, well, yeah, implied. You know, it's you. It, you, you know exactly what's going on, uh, and uh, the, the director yeah. knows full well that she doesn't need to show you exactly what's going on, because she doesn't treat her audience like they're there yeah. just to watch the rape scene. You're there for yeah. her. You don't need to see that happen to her to know that it's happening. Exactly, uh, and I think that was the point where I suddenly figured out because I didn't enjoy it in, for the first sort of five ten minutes because I didn't really realize what it was I was watching and so as soon as those scenes happened I was like hang on this is like this isn't the male gaze we're not staring at this woman to go wow she's attractive you're staring at it to say this is you this is yeah. what you're doing as a viewer this isn't her this is the um yeah this is the, you justifying what you're doing and this is flipping on its head exactly what kind of film 
you're expecting this to be. And I think from that point onwards, it got me. I was like, this is really clever. I quite like it. And then it, it ramps up that that thriller element of it. There's the survival element. There's um, it, it completely subverts what what the genre does. And I think this is a brilliant example of what a genre movie can yeah. do and I, uh, is so often forgotten about and written off for, you know? I listened to a really cool interview with the director, Carolyn Far- Fajor. I yeah. think she, is how she pronounced her name. Uh, she says so when she was uh, writing the screenplay and that shit, so she was inspired by like Tarantino films and things like that. All of that you can see. But... So I read, I kind of, I listened to this interview between the first time I watched it and the second time. And the second time I watched it, you could see it when she says, uh, the big thing I wanted this film to be, or the, the big thing that inspired me was Rambo. Mm, mm. And, when, and when you look at it, you go, oh, absolutely. Yeah. There, there, mm-hmm. There's Rambo all the way through this. She said she didn't want to concentrate on, on you know, how she survives, how she, because they're out in the desert for all of it, how she gets water, how she gets food. None of that's interesting. So sit down, suspend your disbelief for a little bit and just watch her get her revenge. And it, when you look at it like that, it's, it's a very, very mm. well-made film. It's tremendously well-made. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to also touch upon um, Fright Fest because I can imagine this being a film that if it was seen with a group of people who get it, who understand it, then an event such as Fright Fest would be fantastic and go this, really this, well. Th- this film would play really well at Fright Fest, very well. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely that yeah. kind of movie. But you're heading to Fright Fest soon. Um, can you, in the next sort of, give, I'll give you 60 seconds, Brugger, to completely <laughs> round up what you're interested in from Fright Fest this year. Uh, okay, so why I'm interested in more than anything else, actually, on Saturday night, there's going to be uh, uh, the UK premiere, I suppose, of Lee Winnell's Upgrade. Is yes. going to be playing there, and I honestly, Fright Fest can be described as the best place to watch films like that. <laughs> uh, because mm. if you go to the cinema and watch that, half the people are going to walk out and go, "I don't get it. It was daft. It, this isn't what I paid to see." But when you go to somewhere like Fright Fest and you would sit down with seven hundred other people that know exactly what they're sat down for, and it will be cheers, it will be laughter, it will just the atmosphere. It's the perfect atmosphere for a film like Upgrade. Uh, that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about the other 30 films I'm going to try and squeeze in as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to see Upgrade and I'm going to be chasing Lee Winnell with my saw steel book and a Sharpie to get him to autograph it. Nice. Yeah. Well, we on the website, on setthetape.com, uh, we will have a review of Revenge for you um, closer to the release date, which is uh, in September. But also, um, mentioning Upgrade there, Gavin McHugh has written um, an article which is all about human augmentation in film. And are you ready for your upgrade, which is worth a read as well? I've spent the last five years playing Deus Ex, so I'm definitely ready for my augmentations. (laughs) Our TV section veers more towards the box office this week, specifically the wrestling box office events. We've got a summary of the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 event for you, um, as well as a review of SummerSlam, which will be up on the website by the time this comes out. Um, but Callum Petch has written an article all about the NXT TakeOver, and uh, he's also written the following blurb, which I'll read for you. On the weekend of the supposed biggest party of the summer, WWE's ostensible developmental brand NXT once again showed up its main roster 
brethren by continuing its absurd hot streak of takeover specials with takeover at brooklyn 4 a stacked mega card that oozed quality from top to bottom and two and a half hour show not only served as the fitting payoff to a continuation of a group of excellent feuds including the war between tag champs undisputed era and lovable british bruisers moustache mountain Women's champ Shayna Brasler finally settling the score with nemesis Kyrie Sane? Sane? Mm, sorry. And the latest chapter in Tommaso Chiampa and Johnny Gargano's blood feud. This was so much easier when they were Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Right. You bring back just Jimmy Snooker and Jake the Snake. These are names I can <laughs> exactly. pronounce. <laughs> yes, Exactly. But it also worked as a prime example of the potential greatness and variety available in the medium of professional wrestling. From tag team insanity to clashes of in-ring psychology to affectionately known as flippy stuff to the operatic tragedy that Gargano and Chiampa have been drawing out for over a year, no two matches were the same and it's that sheer variety of wrestling styles combined with the reliably world-class grappling work and uncommonly strong storytelling that elevates Brooklyn 4 into the highest echelon of TakeOver events. So as I say, we'll have a full review of that up on the website by the time this podcast is published. Are you guys at all fans of wrestling? Ish. In any way? Ish, yeah. I know... No. No, not at all, Steve. No, it's not since I was about fourteen. I yeah. mean, when I was at uni, when I was at university, we mm-hmm. all seemed we all seemed to chip in because we, we had Sky in our university house, which is a bit crikey, middle yeah. class Steve uh-huh. Norman. I've yeah. just got Sky in my actual house. So, but we ended up, <laughs> but we ended up getting um, WrestleMania on pay per view. Um, oh yeah, a couple of times and. Um, yeah. Is it fun in that environment with drunken students all sort of watching Western yeah. together? Yeah. Yeah, but there's there's not much that's not fun in <laughs> that enough. kind of environment, to be honest. I mean we yeah. we probably watched many sporting events and just got drunk watching them making drinking games around probably golf for some reason at one point. I mean mm, it, mm. it you know, in that environment it's it's great fun and yeah. But but probably since then, you've like, not really... Probably, yeah. probably, no, probably watched Raw and SmackDown for about two or three weeks in the run-up to it just to try and get an idea of what was happening going into WrestleMania. Other than that, yeah, um, nah. not not really my thing. I think it's because even though, obviously, watching it, you don't know the result, it is scripted, and that takes away some of it for me. But the wrestling's a soap opera, isn't it? Like you say, because yeah, it's because it's, it's scripted, yeah. you know, everyone knows what the result's going to be. It is just a bit of a soap opera. So for me, actually, uh, I stopped watching it p- almost permanently, I suppose, a couple of years ago when the promos and ads were on for longer than the actual matches were on for. Mm, uh, mm. And when when you're taking up six hours a week of your very limited time trying to watch all this and all you're watching is ads, you kind of move on. Uh, mm. But we... We started watching, so we've got a friend who does independent wrestling, and my little one went to okay. see him and really loved it. So we subscribed to the WWE Network, which is perfect mm-hmm. if all you want to do is watch pay-per-views because it, there's a six-week blackout on like Raw and SmackDown. So we don't watch that, but you watch the pay-per-views, which is mm-hmm. sometimes the best way to do it because it's just the culmination of weeks-long storylines. Uh, yeah. but, but the problem for me kind of was, so we'd done this about a year ago and we started watching like a year and a half back and then whizzed through everything really quickly. Mm-hmm. 
And you can still see the same storylines going over and over and over and over again. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. The WWE seeming to not be able to, as much as they may be able to, as much as they try, they can't get Roman Reigns over. Like, no one will cheer for that dude as hard as he works and as, as good as he is. No one will cheer for that dude and they will keep trying to force it so they will. Mm. I don't... I, I got bored. Oh, it's fine for the four-year-old, now five-year-old, who was sitting watching it and she was really getting into it and back flipping around on the sofa and... You know, trying to throwing elbow drops at me and stuff while we were trying to watch it, but nah, for me it's just I prefer UFC. I much okay. prefer UFC, uh, and it's not even a scripted thing. I prefer the, the I prefer the skill level in UFC. I've previously trained to do MMA, mm. so I'm I'm aware of what goes on in a cage to to make that happen. I enjoy it just more. It's much more fun, but. You can't really show that to a five-year-old. That is true. Yes, I probably stopped watching mostly at the same time Steve was talking about. You know, when I, when I was much younger, I totally get why other people love it, and I, you know, everyone's entitled to like whatever they like. The pantomime of it, if that's what you're into, fantastic. If it is the technical stuff, it's got a lot of that too, I'm sure. Um, but I mean, like for, for example, I watched. Um, Again, it was because it was on TV at the weekend, and I thought, oh, that's quite interesting. I'll see if it, if it's any good. ITV have brought back World of Sport Wrestling, the British okay. wrestling program, and I thought I'd give it a go, but mainly because I'd watched Glow recently, the second yeah. series of Glow, which is fantastic. I thought season two of Glow was just phenomenal. Um, but World of, World of Sport, I wanted it to be Glow, and you sort of realise it isn't. It really ain't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got that goofy element to it but it's just not the same is it no no No. i'll stick to my scripted comedy shows i think yeah it it is it is it can be fun to watch i think the there have been times in the wwe's history where it's been much more fun to watch and it's about the way matches are organized it's about how people are booked it's about how characters are played because a lot of these people are characters uh, mm. You know, and if they're played well, they're fun to watch. But Hang on, the Undertaker's not a real Undertaker. No, he's not, mate. <laughs> I, I hate oh, to man. break it to you. Yeah, yeah. But... and Paul Paul Bearer, he's he's not a real Paul Bearer. No, either. he's also dead. Yeah, well, <laughs> the Undertaker, right? Or is that not yeah. real either? No, the Undertaker is not oh. dead. He's died several times, but no. Kane, but, but, Kane is. Kane is now a mayor, though, isn't he? Kane is now a mayor. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Not, yeah. Not the not the character. The the actual dude is a mayor. Yeah, he's he's the mayor of whatever town he comes from uh, mm. now. After trying to be an actor for a couple of films and. Mm. Yeah, I think it for me it would have been more entertaining now if they hadn't gone down the PG thirteen route with it all. Because it because it used to be like. Mm. Aimed at adults, didn't it? And yeah. Like, or, or like, T, you know, now it's all PG thirteen, um, and it's not as good. No. I mean, the problem with that was that obviously their audience grew up and weren't watching it, and they had to appeal to a younger audience again to get them on board. And you can't do that if they're excluded from watching it because it's so old. So I kind of understand the whole, um, you know, rationale between making it for little kids again, because I mean, to be honest, I got into wrestling when I was a little kid. Hulk Hogan, yeah. Ultimate Warrior, Papa Shango, Yokozuna, yeah, all that, P- you know? Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't PG-13 then when you started watching it. You were just watching it and you shouldn't have been. 
No, it definitely was. I mean, when it was Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and, you know, Macho Man, Randy Savage and all that stuff, that was definitely aimed at younger kids. That was proper, you know, Andre the Giant and stuff. They weren't breaking people's backs and throwing them through glass planes and jumping off 30-foot balconies. They were just hitting each other in a ring very slowly. But, yeah. <laughs> it's also WrestleMania and SummerSlam are five hours long, man. Mm. Five hours that's, long. That's more than the Super Bowl. It is. I, I can talk to you about some sport that's on unsociable hours. Well, let's do that in a minute then, straight <laughs> after we've had Matt Latham's cassette tape. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Open your tape decks and pop in the latest edition of the cassette tape. Lots and lots of things to rush through this week in a bite-sized mini news segment edition. Over the course of last week, we lost the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. Franklin's legacy speaks for itself. Her partnership with Atlantic Records in 1966 led to an amazing career that led to 112 charted singles on the Billboard charts in the US of A. Respect, say a little prayer, and open brackets, you make me feel like, close brackets, a natural woman, and just a few of the select songs that she's known for. Rest in peace, Aretha Franklin. Next up, Michael Jackson's Thriller is the best-selling album of all time worldwide, with 47 million units. It's also the highest-selling album in the US. No, hang on, no, it's not. It's not anymore. After a decade, The Eagles' greatest hits of 1971 to 1975 now has a good 5 million units higher in its certified units sold than Michael Jackson's Thriller. The Eagles' album now has 38 million units to its name, where Michael Jackson's Thriller has 33. To put it into a bit of perspective, in third place is The Eagles again with Hotel California. It still has about 26 certified million units sold, so I doubt Thriller is feeling threatened by that. 
Then we fast forward to a couple of albums to look forward to in the next fortnight. First up is the current punk rock darlings idols who've been getting a lot of buzz around them recently. Their second album, Joy as an Act of Resistance, is out on the 31st of August. But also out on that day is the second album from Exeter punk trio Munty Girls. Full on political punk that tackles several issues like sexism and mental health, the singles so far have carried on the excellent work of the first album. And if you haven't listened from Kaplan to Belsize yet, I really suggest you do. It's an amazing album. Until then, I'm Matthew Latham, and you've been listening to The Cassette Tape. Finally in free play this week. Um, I mean, I think we should just basically hand the reins over to you, Brooker, for this. Uh, NFL. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, NFL, American football. Um, it's something I know nothing about, but as the owner of a website that commissions people to write stuff, I actually got you to write about NFL almost exclusively for me as a starter's guide because I want to get into it and I want to know how and I want to know why and I want to know what I should know beforehand, where I can watch it. You wrote a brilliant article all about that for us, um, which is great. It talks about what films, TV, books um, that people should check out before the new NFL season starts Um, and actually how people can watch the NFL in the UK, which is basically... Get Sky Sports. Get Sky Sports or buy Game Pass. Or buy that's Game literally Pass. it. Yeah. Um, but actually, before we do this, Steve, obviously you, you're probably the biggest sports fan in general here, right? You like football. Um, do, you, do you ever get into NFL? Can you see yourself getting into NFL? No. Again, at university, we would watch the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't get, I couldn't get my head around it. It, 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 takes too long there's too much stopping <laughs> yeah there's too much there's too much stopping after the going and mm. you know it's just so much so many breaks between playing it just seems to go on forever i think if they condensed it and got rid of all the breaks it i'd like it more but then essentially you've got rugby haven't you well <laughs> oh, well yeah this, them sounds like fighting words um Funnily no, enough, but like, if... <laughs> you know, the first time I was ever on a podcast with you two, Steve was talking about draft day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't get it then either. I've got no. a very good memory. <laughs> no, but I think I liked draft day and would have liked it more if I'd understood what the hell was going on. I think the draft is an interesting concept and they, and they do it in all American sports or even... Uh, soccer in or, Amer- or football of soccer in the US, they have a draft system in in Major League Soccer, um, and it's an interesting concept um, for sport. But um, yeah, and if, I, it's just another thing that I don't get. Mm, it's, I'm the same. I've never really. I tried to watch it, but I've never really picked it up. I think part of it is the rules. I don't understand the rules fully, um, which is you know prohibitive to any sport that you're watching if you don't really understand like you can't watch football if you don't know what the offside is is like the old cliche but like you know american football i just couldn't the thing is the rules for american football is like an encyclopedia it is insane precisely yeah the rules for the best way to watch american football is with a Mm -hmm. bunch of mates especially if you don't know what you're doing with a bunch of mates with a crate of beer and that is the best way to watch it because you could just sit and enjoy it and get drunk and just scream and holler at the tv and be happy Mm. And kind of take the take the rules on, just you know, let it come in while you yeah. watch. 
trying trying to learn it is insane. I tried to learn it when I first became a fan, and I gave mm -hmm. up pretty quick. And and genuinely, I stopped watching it for a while because I I don't understand. I'm not enjoying it because I'm trying to understand mm -hmm. why he can't touch him there, but he can touch him there, and it's not just because the police say you can't. <laughs> Well, you keep it of, clean, Brocat. Keep it light. <laughs> that was clean. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it was. It's. It is a tough sport to try and get the, uh, to get around the rules. Like I said, like I said in the article, the best way to do it, if you really want to know the rules, is to literally watch TV shows that are based around it or films that are based around it, mm. because they have to assume that you don't know what you're talking about, so they will explain it to you one way or another. Yeah. Or okay. play video games. Video yeah, games is Madden. the best. Madden is the Madden teaches you all the rules to start with. So assuming you can get through the tutorial of Madden, you are mm -hmm. golden. Right. Seems like it might be a, a worthwhile investment then for this season if I'm going to try and uh, get into it. The um, see, I worked for a paper in Oxford for a while, and I was a local news and sports reporter. And in Oxford, there is an American football team. And I had to write a report about one of their matches because basically the other guy, the other reporter who I worked with, he didn't want to do it. And he was more senior than me. So I, was, I had struggled my way through, first of all, understanding the report that was already on that, that team's <laughs> website, yeah. trying to get my head around the terminology, Googling all different terms I'd never heard of, um, and then trying to turn it into something that I thought other people could read my report and understand. So I... And I still haven't got it. I must have written three or four match reports from them. Still still baffles me every time I, I look at a, re a report. Um, probably says more about my writing than anything else. But well, No, because you're trying, to, you're trying to understand and then convey to people that might not understand something you don't understand. Well, yeah, well, yeah exactly, which I, is the I essence don't... of journalism, I think. But... Well, well, yeah, <laughs> but this, this is also why I'm not a journalist and definitely why I'm not a sports journalist because NFL... It's pretty much the only sport I understand. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. Uh, sorry, now now you're becoming a fan or trying to get into the NFL, uh, um, or get into NFL, not get into the NFL. You're not going to talk to you. That that ship has sailed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, have you, have you picked uh, a team to follow? I have not picked a team, and no? it's funny you should mention that because Brooker in your um, article you also mentioned a team Jaguars who might be worth following if you're a British NFL fan yeah so the, the Jags are uh, well they're owned by I can't remember his name the guy that owns Fulham FC it uh, doesn't matter yeah because he's he wants to buy Wembley possibly to move an NFL franchise into Wembley mm. yeah so an NFL franchise in the UK is something that's spoken about a lot uh, and there's also occasionally talk about one in Germany and one in Mexico because games are played in those countries as well. Honestly, I, I didn't realise they're played in Germany. I, I thought Mexico and Mexico is obviously a lot closer, so it's a lot more con convenient to do it. But you know, to do to have a, I know they do the, a few games a year in London. Uh, London now, but yeah, they do, do three. In, well, they're doing three this year in London. Yeah, but to have a franchise here is a bit of a. Well, it's a bit of a Challenge. push because you've got to, and I suppose for the most part, it's not too much of a big deal, but you have a jet lag issue to deal with, which you yeah. don't have to deal with. Well, you kind of do have to deal with when you're flying around the States. But if you've got to fly from LA to here, that's a bit of a trek. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but the, the guy that owns the Jags uh, and owns Fulham, Shahid Khan. Shahid Khan, yeah. There <laughs> we go. We were close. <laughs> uh, 
he, him and his team have actually they've they've committed themselves to the UK. The Jags do a lot for the for their UK well UK fans in general, not even theirs, just UK fans in general. They because you have to sacrifice a home game to come and play at Wembley uh, or come and play in the UK because one of the games is supposed to be mm. at New White Hart Lane, which now isn't happening. But <laughs> mm. so, but they've committed themselves to like five years of doing it, whereas. I think previously the Rams had committed three years and pulled out after one because they just didn't like it and they lost. Uh, but the Jags, they, they put on a show. They look after their fans uh, and they, they love us over there. They, they really, they love their UK fans. And they're, they're a good team as well. Uh, I was reading the thing the other day. It means, you know, it's, it's not that important, but they spent more on their new defense this year round in the draft than any other team have ever. Uh, which, if you're a fan, the, the Jags have got a pretty brutal defense already. So they're going to be fun to watch, if nothing else, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. If you don't know who to support and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to fight it, they're a great team to support, Absolutely. And if you're a glory hunter, who you sh who should you support? If you're a Man United fan in football, who are you going to pick if you want to follow NFL? Well, it wouldn't uh, be Man United anymore, would it, in football? But, you know, whatever the appropriate <laughs> references these days, Man City fan. Uh, whoever beat the Patriots this year. Oh, the, the Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl this year. Uh to be fair, I have a big soft spot for the Eagles. I like them a lot. The only thing I don't like is that they beat my Patriots. <laughs> at, the, at the Super Bowl. Uh, and there's only one name people should know, right? Which is Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Greatest quarterback to ever live. Uh, that's all you ever need to know, really. But yeah. Well, uh, there you go. It is, it is a fun sport, but you, you have to give it a chance. Don't don't watch the Super Bowl thinking you're, you're about to watch the greatest game ever. 99 times out of 100, the Super Bowl is the two best teams in the league putting up the two best defences of the year not an awful lot happens. So it's not a, not necessarily a fun game to watch if you're not a fan. Mm. Scrappy early games are the fun ones to watch. And when does the season kick off? It's early next month, isn't it? September. Uh, yeah, September 7th, if I remember rightly. Perfect. Thanks for listening to another episode of STT Rewind with me, Owen Hughes, and my guests this week, Steve Norman, Andrew Brooker, and Matt Latham. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget to check out some of our daily articles on setthetape.com, including Brooker's NFL Starters Guide and Callum's SummerSlam Recap. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook, both of which we are at set the tape we'll be back in a fortnight's time for another episode of the podcast when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.